drops the ball. Pigs have flown. Hell is frozen over. The Saints are on their way to the Super Bowl. What is good, Huda Nation and Huda family? Welcome in to a fresh week here at Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts that your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Ross Jackson here at Ross Jackson NOLA on Twitter, editor over at canalstreetchronicles.com, and your host covering your New Orleans Saints every single Monday through Friday. To kick off our week, we're going to start off with the newly unveiled NFL Top 100 Players list as it's been unveiled so far, on which two New Orleans Saints have already been named. Then we'll dig into the newest details of NFL's training camp and camp rosters. Just how long do the Saints have to cut down to the new 80-man roster limit? And finally, we talked about the guys who lead the way in the run game. Now let's talk about the backs who carry the rock. Continuing our offensive preview with the run game, can Alvin Kamara get back to his 2018 level of production? We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. Two New Orleans Saints players find themselves ranked on the NFL's top 100 players list between the range of 100 to 71. That's our New Orleans Saints lead story of the day today with Ross Jackson of Locked on Saints. The NFL has begun to release its top 100 players list as it does annually releasing on Sunday night players 100 through 71 and two players from the Saints 2017 draft class, which is often referred to as one of the NFL's best draft classes, end up finding their way on the list. The first player named at number 82 overall was right tackle Ryan Ramchek, the former Wisconsin Badger finding his way onto the list and getting some praise from a couple of top offensive linemen in the NFL and Brian Bulaga, as well as David Bakhtiari, who used to play together in Green Bay. Now, Bulaga is part of the offensive line over with the Los Angeles Chargers. These guys got to talk a good bit about Ryan Ramchek. Well, really, Bulaga did most of the talking and then David Bakhtiari just kind of co-signed everything that Bulaga said at the end of the segment. But some of the key stats that the NFL used in this segment uh, included how the Saints averaged 4.3 yards per carry in 2019, but did see that production increase by a yard when running behind or on either side of Ryan Ramchek. He also allowed only 20 pressures on 659 passing snaps. Now, the context around that is really important because you look at the fact that Ryan Ramchek in just his third NFL season lined up across from Danell Hunter, Demarcus Lawrence, Nick Bosa, and of course, Famously, J.J. Watt, who Ramchek shut down on the box score for the first time in Watt's career, not allowing him to register a tackle, a sack, a hit, anything. He had no stats in that game, and that was all due to Ryan Ramchek, who was honored as a first-team All-Pro in 2019. Now, he did not make the Pro Bowl, but the next Saints player to make this list did make the Pro Bowl last year and made it in his rookie year in 2017. Again, this past year in 2019, and that would be cornerback Marshawn Lattimore. He came in at number 76 after being drafted by the team at number 11 back in 2017. The first player that you heard from during the Marshawn Lattimore segment was Devin Funches, who called him a top five cover corner in the NFL. The next person that you heard from was Mike Evans, who got a little bit salty when he, when the person that was speaking to him mentioned that Marshawn Lattimore had a good game against him which Mike Evans tried to deny, but in fact, 
You can't really deny it, Mike. Marshawn Lattimore has actually had a couple of very nice matchups against Mike Evans, including his very first matchup with the big wide receiver out of Tampa Bay, but also the earlier of the two matchups in the 2019 season where Lattimore held Evans to no catches in that game earlier on in the season. Lattimore also held star wide receiver in Dallas, Amari Cooper, to only 48 receiving yards. Lattimore also has matched up against Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, and the very growing, very much growing and very impressive young talent in A.J. Brown, who got much better throughout the season last year and Marshawn Lattimore matched up with toward the end of the season. Lattimore has had some pretty fantastic years in his rookie year, as well as his third year just last year. And you have to remember that these two guys both come from that 2017 draft class. The Saints, as absolutely soon as they had the option, have already picked up the fifth year option on both of these players. So they're on contract, not just for their fourth year of their rookie season, which they're walking into here in 2020, but also on their fifth year option in 2021. So with them being the first two selections of the Saints 2017 draft, both of which first rounders, of course, there are reportedly five remaining players on the list remaining in the NFL's top 100 that all come from the New Orleans Saints. So you have to imagine that one of them is very likely Alvin Kamara, despite his quote unquote down year last year in 2019. But if he's one of them, potentially Marcus Williams could also be Another one of these guys that remains to be named on this list, Williams was interviewed and shown during the Marshawn Lattimore segment, complimenting Lattimore a lot on his ability to not only be a cover corner, but also be a corner that can go down and make plays in the run game and tackle as well. So it's pretty incredible to understand that this 2017 draft class could potentially see four of its seven selections reflected and selected on this top 100 list, and at least three of them are definitely guaranteed. We already see two. I think Alvin Kamara is a lock for this list at some point, probably in the top 50 at least. I would say in the top 30 to 25, but we'll see exactly what it is that the NFL believes. But look, if you're looking at these rankings and the rankings themselves, they don't really matter. Is 82 too low for Ryan Ramchek? Probably. But the thing about it is that when it comes to these top 100 lists, really the bottom 85 spots can be argued any which way. So these lists really, really don't even become relevant in terms of actual rankings until maybe the top 15, sometimes not even the top 10, if you're lucky. So just be glad when you see your players ranked at all on the list, because that's all that really matters until you get into the top rankings and the Saints 2017 class already heavily represented, not including the other fantastic players on this 2020 roster. So now that the NFL's top 100 list is underway, we know we're officially getting closer and closer to training camp, which actually begins improper in terms of veterans reporting tomorrow. So let's talk a little bit more about what the schedule is going to be, as well as the 80-man roster cut down, when that is expected, and when we should expect the New Orleans Saints to begin to make their cuts as well. We'll talk through all of that here next in Locked on Saints, your team every day. But before we get to that, I got to tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. These are some of my favorite folks in the entire world because of all the help that they've given me. And now it's summer, it's hot, it's crazy. If you're driving around in one of these cars in this New Orleans seat without air conditioner and you need a way to go ahead and get it taken care of without feeling like you have to go and step foot in one of these auto body repair shops and you know mask up and all of this stuff, there's easy ways to do it from home. And you can order the parts that you need straight through rockauto.com from the comfort of your own living room inside the AC 
without having to worry about a thing. So check them out, rockauto.com. They've got a catalog that's mad extensive. They carry every make and model you could ever dream of and multiple options for every single part. All you need is the item number. Even if you just have that, you'll be able to find everything that you need, or you can search it by make and model, of course. Check them out. Rock Auto has been doing this online, helping. They're a family business. They've been doing this for 20 years online, helping people out. So check them out at rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts for your car that you'll ever need at rockauto.com. All right, Huda Nation. So the days that we have finally awaited are slowly getting closer. Now, let me clarify what I mean by that. The NFL's official reporting date for training camp is on Tuesday. For the Saints, you saw rookies travel on Sunday. They'll get in on Monday, take their COVID test. Same thing, sort of the same schedule for veterans. They'll travel on Monday and then they'll report on Tuesday to get their first COVID test done. So I thought that we should go over everything that's going on with training camp one more time, just to make sure everybody kind of understands what the structure of camp is based upon what the negotiations ended up being following the, you know, NFL, NFLPA, the players, everything that they had been working on over the last week, clarify what the schedule is, talk about when you're going to start to see more action than, you know, physicals and strength and conditioning, things like that. Because as we've talked about here on the show before, there's a slower ramp up getting into camp before we get to see, you know, clips from drills and things like that. It, it is going to feel different for the, for, the, for the fans. So let's talk a little bit about that. We'll talk a little bit about the 80-man roster cut down as well. When is that expected to happen? What are the two options for teams and what do they mean? And which one might the Saints most, which avenue or, or, or pathway might the Saints most likely take? So we'll talk about all that as well as emergency response and everything. So let's go ahead and get started. We'll talk about training camp first and then let's get the schedule down. So beginning on Tuesday, July 28th through July 31st, which is basically Tuesday through Friday, COVID testing. That's what the focus is. Take a test. You go away for 72 hours. You quarantine. You come back. You take your second test. You go away. And then you come back. That, that's the way that it's going to work. I believe the reason why they did 72 hours as opposed to what the tests are supposed to take, which is anywhere between 24 to 48 hours, is that what happened when the, with the MLB is that they would take the test and then sometimes some of the test results would take longer to come back than expected. And then those teams would have to cancel practices, renegotiate practices uh, amongst themselves, things like that. So it caused a lot of trouble for some teams, particularly like the Rockies that dealt with it a lot. The Blue Jays dealt with it a bit, even though they didn't really have anywhere to even go until a couple of days ago. So I think the NFL is just trying to uh, avoid that same type of thing happening. Take your test, go away for 72 hours. That way we make sure you get we get your test back. And then we can operate under the correct, uh, correctly assumed protocol from that point forward. Here's what I'm going to say now. And we've already begun to see it across the league. Expect players to test positive. Expect it to happen. This is part of what is built in within the slow ramp up into training camp is the expectation that players will test positive or players will end up having a quarantine because they've come in contact with someone who has tested positive even if it's somebody that is not involved in their everyday in terms of the practices, even though it's not somebody that they're involved with at the facility, it could be a family member, could be anything like that. So that's something to keep in mind. If you see players test positive across the NFL this early, don't panic. There's time built in for all of this in terms of what the expectations are. So after the 31st, once they wrap up COVID testing, they'll go to being tested every single day for two weeks. After those two weeks, the league will sort of take a look at it. If the teams that are above 5% in terms, of their return, in terms of their tests returning positive, those teams will continue to be tested every single day. 
any teams that report less than 5% positive will go down to every other day and that will continue to be sort of revisited throughout camp. So after the 31st, you go to August 1st and 2nd, which are dedicated to physicals as well as equipment. So any players that are not yet signed or whose, whose contracts are pending physicals, you may start to see those contracts get signed at that point. It's possible that you see drafted rookies by the Saints finally signing their contracts over this next week. That is totally possible, but hold out on the undrafted free agents until we talk a little bit about what the two options are for those players who could potentially be cut down in the, in the midst of teams cutting down to 80. So we'll talk about that here in a moment. After that, there's August 3rd through the 11th, which has an acclimation period. That is a pretty much, what is that, seven, eight, seven or eight day period in which you have strength and conditioning, you have weightlifting, you have on-field conditioning, you have walkthroughs for some of those portions as well. So it's a little bit of getting everybody in shape and ready for camp. It's not full on, let's go ahead and start running drills and start practicing and, and, and the stuff that you're used to seeing clips of. That is an important distinction because then you go into August 12th through the 16th, which is the next phase, which is called the gradual ramp up phase. You can find this on Tom Pelissero's Twitter account, by the way, and I believe Nick Underhill also tweeted it out so you can see all of this written out. But then you move into the gradual ramp up phase. On the 12th and 13th of August, helmets will be on. For the 14th and 16th, no pads. The day in between there, the 15th is a day off. Now, key moment here. After that sort of gradual ramp up, by that time, coaches, coaching staffs, organizations have seen players for walkthroughs, for strength and conditioning, for some padded practices, some, some practices with helmets, so on and so forth. On August 16th, that is the deadline for the 80-man roster cutdown. So that is when every team across the NFL can no longer carry 80, 90 players. They have to cut down to 80 players. We'll talk more about that in a moment. August 17th through the 16th then, over those 21 days, 14 padded practices during that time, or 20 days, 14 padded practices during that time. This is the nitty gritty. This is the real deal. This is where you start to see you know, Emmanuel Butler making highlight catches or whomever you know, making their highlight catches during practice. Come September 7th, probably a day off before getting into practices ahead of week one, except for the teams, of course that play on the opening Thursday, the Texans and the Chiefs. So as of now, the 53-man roster deadline is listed on the NFL's key off-season date schedule as September 5th. So you have August 16th to get down to 80, and then you have September 5th is the deadline or the day that you're going to see a lot of trims getting down to 53, or the couple of days before that, with the 6th being the final day of potential padded practices. Could end up being a day off. It kind of just depends on how each team schedule works out. But before any of those get cut down to 53, we need to talk a little bit more about the teams that already have begun or will soon begin to cut down to 80. So the 80-man roster cut down, as, we, as we've mentioned, the deadline for that is August 16th. But there are actually two options for the ways that teams can get down to 80. And you started to see some teams like the Patriots, like the Bears, like the Jaguars already start to get their way down there because the two options are the first option being to cut down before vets report on Tuesday, and in that way, you don't have to do any of the split squad rules. We'll talk about that in a second. Or you can wait until August 16th, but then you have to use the split squad rules. The split squad rules apply because you're only supposed to have 80 players at training camp. So 
with Split Squad, if you wait until August 16th, you're going to have inherently more than 80 players on your roster. So you essentially have to split your squad into two different groups. Group one being the group of rookies and first year, or rather rookies and second year guys, guys with one year accrued, basically, if that makes sense. So rookies, second year players, and then you can also see some quarterbacks get involved in that as well as injured players across the league. But once those players are included in group one, they have to stay with group one until you get to the point to where you can jump into uh, bringing everybody together because you only have 80 players. So shout out Tommy Stevens because he'll probably be the quarterback for that group as he is a rookie. And then option two would that or sorry, group two would then be veterans and veteran players. So guys that have more than two years or two years or more accrued uh, within NFL playing time. So once you have those two groups, those groups cannot practice at the facility at the same time. One can practice at the practice facility while the other practices at the stadium. One can practice in the morning and one can practice in the afternoon, but you can't have them together at the same time. Come August 16th, though, you have to cut that down to 80 people. Once you're down to 80 on the roster, you can't exceed that number moving forward after that. So all of that. And then, of course, there's also the emergency response plan, which right now for the Saints is currently under review. Under review. All of that is what you're going to be expected, what you should be expecting over the next two months. So I would expect the Saints to probably hold on to their players for as long as possible before cutting down to 80, if I'm being completely honest. I can see them making a couple of changes, like if they make a signing, then they obviously they have to get rid of somebody, things like that. But for the most part, I would expect them to try to hold on to the players. Seems like a very Coach Payton thing to do. Get an opportunity to see the players as much as he can before he has to make the decision about who to cut down to get to that 80-man roster. So that's what you should expect when it comes to training camp. Now we're going to shift our focus to a little bit regular season more of a preview type of a look. We've done this before. We talked about the passing game and the offensive line last week. Let's talk a little bit more about the running game for the Saints. Can Alvin Kamara kick back to his 2018 ways? Can Ty Montgomery be a factor? Can the fullbacks be a factor? We'll talk about all that coming up next here on Locked on Saints, your team every day. All right, family, wrapping up today's show, our final segment here, we'll talk a little bit about the run game for the New Orleans Saints. It's a bit of a preview as we continue to go through. We went through our 90-man roster, talked about individual players. Now let's talk a little bit about each element of the game. Talked about pass protection, talked about the passing game and run protection. Now let's talk a little bit about the running backs themselves. We have to start off, of course, with one of the Saints' biggest ticket items when it comes to the offense, that, of course, being... Alvin Kamara. Now, Alvin Kamara himself has said many times that he played on one leg last year, 75% last year, saying that he's up to 100%. We talked to Dr. Reef, one of his trainers, who obviously is feeling very, very good about him. We saw the newest video that Dr. Reef put out as well, where he's like juggling tennis balls, catching Hiko sticks, and balancing on Bosu balls, just doing so much and doing it all. The guy's incredible. You look at him over his first three years, 14th in the NFL right now amongst running backs in rushing yards over a three year span. Uh, fifth in touchdowns, rushing touchdowns with 27, third in total touchdowns with 38, second in the NFL in both receivings and uh, receiving yards for a running back, fourth in terms of scrimmage yards. The guy is absolutely insane, but can he get back to where he was in 2018? And the funny thing, we've talked about it here on the show before, is that particularly in the run game, his averages weren't that far off from where he was in 2018. 2018, Average 4.6 yards per attempt, 2019, 4.7 yards per attempt. The difference being that he had 23 fewer carries in 2018, I'm sorry, in 2019 than he had in 2018, 
missed a couple of games with injury or a couple of games worth of snaps, if you look at it that way, in terms of injury. It was really the passing game where he saw his biggest slump. He caught, he's caught 81 catches his rookie season, 2017, did it again in 2018, caught 81 catches again in 2019, but the yardage there in decline all three seasons, his rookie year, 10.2 yards per reception, his second year, 8.8 yards per reception, last year, 6.6. So he had only 533 receiving yards last year. And I did that breakdown a while back over at Canal Street Chronicles about what might explain his drop off when it comes to receiving game. And a good portion of it simply has to do with where he was being targeted. In 2018, his yards before catch out of the six, you know, he had 648 after the catch, his yards before catch 67. So he's being targeted a little bit further downfield on average 0.8 yards down the field. So less than a yard, but still before the line of scrimmage. Whereas in 2019, he had 557 yards after catch, but he had before the catch minus 24 yards. On average, he was targeted almost half a yard behind the line of scrimmage. That doesn't really put your running back in a position to create very much when you're starting him off behind the line of scrimmage in the passing game. So that can be a very, very big and really fixable thing going into 2020 to make sure that he gets back on the horse in terms of his production. Now, it is a bit of a catch-22 for the Saints, right? If he has a fantastic year in 2020, means that they may have to pay him more money if they want to keep him around. We just learned that the salary cap is going to have a minimum cap of $175 million with the potential of additional revenue coming in to help get it a little bit above that, but that remains to be seen. It seems pretty likely that it is going to be $175 million. So that puts the Saints already at over $66 million more than they're going to have next season. So that's a little troublesome. Now, certainly they'll be able to get below that number, no problem. We can talk more in depth about that later. Uh, if you want to get a little bit of ahead of a uh, ahead of that conversation, though, Saints talk with uh, the the New Orleans dot football guys, Nick Underhill. Uh, Kevin Washington, fantastic, fantastic work over there, breaking it down in last week's episode that came out last Wednesday. So go ahead and check that out. But the more that he produces in 2020, the better the team is going to be. But then a little bit tougher, it's going to be to resign him. So maybe they try to extend him early. We'll see what happens with all of that. But I feel pretty confident that New Orleans is going to be able to get another Pro Bowl season, a fourth Pro Bowl season out of Alvin Kamara here in his fourth year. Remember, he's the only running back to ever catch for over 2,000 yards run for over 2,000 yards, and be as selected to a Pro Bowl in all three of his first three years in the NFL. He'll do it again in 2020. I'm very excited to see what Alvin Kamara is going to bring. But let's not forget that he has a great running mate next to him in Latavius Murray, who, listen, is not a Mark Ingram. I know that, but still, he's damn good. And he worked really, really well last season, 146 rushes, 637 yards and five touchdowns. He also caught a touchdown pass uh, in 2019 as well. He was manning up against eight-man blocks. He saw eight-man blocks way more than Alvin Kamara. I'm sorry, eight-man boxes more than Alvin Kamara saw them. He was great. He was absolutely great opposite Mar I'm sorry, opposite Alvin Kamara. Maybe a little bit more of a balance between the two, whether that's just in snap count versus actual hands on the ball and touches. I think Alvin Kamara is going to still get his lead back amount of touches. You should still very much consider Alvin Kamara running back one while Latavius Murray continues to head up the RB2 type of position. But there might be an RB3 that gets involved in this year's deal, depending upon who they go with here. The Saints have a great option now with you know Dwayne Washington, who's been the incumbent for the last two years, a fantastic special teamer, but didn't ever really get involved in offense. But 
you could potentially get a guy that could get involved in the offense in Ty Montgomery, who was a late free agent ad for the team. If they decide to go with Ty Montgomery, he hasn't been super productive on the ground since maybe 2016 with the Packers, maybe even 2017 before he was traded away after that fumble on the kick return. But look, he plays special teams just like Dwayne Washington does. He has some return ability as well, although I wouldn't trust him with it. You've got Deontay Harris, you're Gucci. You have nothing to worry about there. But he can cover kicks. He can cover punts. He does all of that. He's also a fantastic receiver as well. Remember, came into the NFL as a slot receiver for the Green Bay Packers, ended up moving over to running back out of necessity because they didn't have an answer in the backfield. They had nobody back there for a little while, both due to injuries as well as the inefficiency of Eddie Lacy and some other different elements as well. So there's a lot to be said about what Ty Montgomery could potentially bring to this team as somebody that sits on the depth chart as a running back, but can also play wide receiver, can line up in the slot, can line up out wide, can get involved. He's a good pass protector as well. He's a good blocker. One of the things that we love the most about Mark Ingram, I tweeted out a couple of clips of Mark Ingram blowing up Dante Fowler two times in 2018. You can see the same type of, uh, I don't want to say the same type of, of blocks, but certainly the same type of willingness to get involved in the passing game as a protector from Ty Montgomery. The Saints love that. So there's a lot of good potential here for the Saints at the running back position. You've also got Michael Burton, who is going to be a a fantastic fullback and special teamer, wherever it is that he ends up. I hope he ends up getting the starting position with the Saints. Ricky Ortiz is also obviously a fantastic option. The Saints went to Ricky Ortiz at the end of last year. Maybe they feel more comfortable with him because he has regular season experience with the Saints already. We'll see. But the Saints have a lot of options. They also have fullbacks that can line up at, I'm sorry, they also have tight ends that can line up at fullback. Hell, they have quarterbacks that can line up at fullback if they needed to. This is one of the great things about the Saints run game is that they have a young, fast, athletic, and very smart offensive line that's going to be lined up ahead of them. And then you have these potential, I mean, I don't even want to say potential. You have these playmakers, right? Alvin Kamara is elite. He's a playmaker. Ty Montgomery is a playmaker. Latavius Murray, showed showed you last year that in this system, he too can be a playmaker just running up the middle if you needed him to. The guy falls down, he falls forward, he gains you two yards at six foot three. So you have to love what the Saints are going to be bringing in the run game here. I think that the run game is going to be very important to this team as well throughout the season, whether it's for Drew Brees' sake, whether it's for the sake of potentially a slow starting offense and slow starting offenses that we'll see across the league this season with this wacky offseason and truncated training camp. We'll see. But, you know, we saw the Saints do the same thing in 2011, come out gunning, but also had a fantastic run game to support that passing game. I think you'll see the same thing here in 2020, led by Alvin Kamara, assisted by uh, Latavius Murray, and perhaps with some additional contributions from guys like Ty Montgomery and the rest that are on this list for the Saints heading into 2020. All right, Huda Nation, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Saints. We'll continue our preview throughout the offense tomorrow. We'll talk about the receiving game. We'll talk about the receivers as well as the tight ends, everybody out there that could be catching catching passes. Taysom Hill, we're talking a little Tommy Stevens even. So we got a lot to talk about in tomorrow's episode as well as get to your Twitter Tuesday, as well as any information that comes out with rookies reporting and coming in and getting their tests done and all that. So any information that comes out after all that, I've got you covered on Tuesday as well as all throughout the rest of the week as the Saints news is about to be rolling in y'all. And I hope that you stick it out here on Locked on Saints to be able to keep up with it every single Monday through Friday. I thank you so much as always making me a part of your day and for coming through. Once again, I'm Ross Jackson. You can follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson NOLA. Hit me up. 
Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the show. And if you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe. Drop that five-star rating and review. I thank you so much for all your support. If you're helping me grow this family, this has been Locked on Saints. And trust to that nation, I'll holla at you.